Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this sermon. You can find all our sermons at our website, holycommunion.net. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God, amen. Please be seated. This is the Feast of All Saints. It's one of my favorite moments in the life of the church. I remember that first hymn from being a little kid. And I want to ask, which saints do we remember? This morning, I want to ask you, whose lives point us to God? Who counts? It's been an interesting year for the theology of all saints in the Episcopal Church and in the wider Western Catholic tradition that we participate in. We teach that when we gather around this table, when we break bread, when we gather here on Sundays and we pray, we are united with the communion of saints. And this year, I wonder if we have a different access to that image. This year, I wonder if we can understand that a little differently. Yes, nowadays, some people are making their way, like we all did, through the great red doors, the glass doors, making their way through the portals to come into the building in person. But over this last year, more people have made their way through the portal of their web browser uh, to participate in services online or on their phone under the covers in the dark. And I wonder if this year we don't have a little bit more of a sense of that communion of saints, if that intangible image of the communion of saints might feel a little closer. We can imagine the saints peering through their portals in heaven, and one can hope that for the saints, internet bandwidth doesn't cause hiccups. The connection stays clear. But those great humans who went before us, our ancestors, in following Jesus, loving God, those who handed on the tradition to us, they are united with us each week as we pray, as we break bread. The great cloud of witnesses, as the book of Hebrews calls them, they are with us always. That, in my opinion, is the best theology around all saints. But there's another theology around all saints, and it's not so subtle, and it's one that always makes me a little bit queasy. Uh, You might say that it makes me more of a Protestant, but the way that Lutherans revere Luther and Presbyterians revere Calvin, it gets pretty close to the cult of the saints. Historically, though, there's been a big division between November 1st and November 2nd, between the celebration of all the saints and all the souls. We've somehow made certain lives seem more holy, more important. And I'm not sure where in the Bible we get that idea. I'm not sure it's in the Bible, and I suspect Jesus might roll his eyes. So today I want to ask, who do you count among the saints? Today's gospel is an interesting choice for All Saints Day. It's an interesting choice. You don't hear of that many churches named St. Lazarus. I suspect probably because vestries are worried they might burn down and then have to be rebuilt. But Lazarus is a funny saint, a funny story for All Saints Day, a fitting one. 
I admit I get distracted every time we do this reading by the moment where Jesus calls, Lazarus, come out. As an openly gay man, uh, that idea of Lazarus coming out has another level of meaning. <laughs> but I wonder about this image. It, Jesus says something else to those who are gathered around, and it's almost as if Jesus knew that some of us would need to move past the distraction. At the end of the gospel reading we have today, Jesus says in the Greek, unbind him and let him go. Our translation renders it poetically. I really like this translation. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. It's an image, grave clothes. Take off the grave clothes. I go a lot of directions with that image. Presiding Bishop likes to say the most important sermon that gets preached is the sermon that the person in the pew preaches to themselves. So hold that image if you hold nothing else. Take off the grave clothes. Let me tell you where it took me this week. This week I found myself thinking about saints and I found myself thinking about one relatively new saint for the Episcopal Church in particular, Saint Polly Murray. I've preached about Polly before. There's a new documentary about Polly Murray on Amazon, and we're going to screen it here next year if I get my way. Murray has been celebrated as the first African-American woman to be ordained an Episcopal priest. But in recent years, she's been celebrated more and more. They just named a college after her up at Yale. My seminary just named a dormitory after her. She's a saint that many regard as ahead of her time. And we're only just catching up to Polly. And St. Polly was arrested for refusing to go to the back of the bus years before Rosa Parks. That experience and others in her life caused her to be one of the first women to enroll at Howard Law School in Washington, D.C. She graduated top of her class. Her thesis was used by a lawyer you may have heard of, a guy called Thurgood Marshall. Uh, it was the basis for the Brown versus Board of Education suit. Polly's argument desegregated American schools. She was good friends with Eleanor Roosevelt and with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She helped found the National Organization for Women. She cataloged the racist laws of Jim Crow across the South. The book she produced, Martin Luther King called the Bible of the Civil Rights Movement, because before you could Google those laws, Polly had put them together so that they could be challenged. This week, hearing Jesus say, take off the grave clothes. I thought a lot about Polly. You know, Polly helped tear out the seams of so many of the grave clothes. Polly broke open barriers. St. Polly laid the legal groundwork for so many of the freedoms so many of us enjoy. But Polly was never entirely free. And the documentary talks about pa Murray as ahead of her time. In some ways, yes. In others, her time was hard on her. Now, Polly was married to a man for the length of exactly one weekend. The deep romances of her life were with women. 
I've chosen to use the pronouns she, her for Polly because they were the pronouns that Polly used in her lifetime. But Polly wrote in her journals and in letters about how frustrated she was by the constraints of gender. And many in the trans community now claim Polly as one of their own. I think about Polly as I think about this idea of the grave clothes. The poet Wendell Berry once told his reader to practice resurrection. Practice resurrection. It's another way of saying, take off those grave clothes. Set them free. I wonder if the saints are with us today who were born into slavery, who were forced to worship in the balcony or back pews of Episcopal churches. I wonder about the saints of the Muscogee Creek who composed that hallelujah that we just sung, who learned it from their grandparents. For generations, the Muscogee were Christians before Andrew Jackson forced them from their homelands onto the Trail of Tears. That hallelujah is known as a Trail of Tears hymn. I wonder if the Muskegees are with us this day. I wonder about the saints who sat on the organ bench and didn't talk about their private lives. I wonder about the saints who were called to the priesthood but had to live out their calls as Sunday school teachers, altar guild captains, pastors' wives, because the ordination process wasn't open to people of their gender. This All Saints Day, I hope the saints are here with us. I hope they're helping us to practice resurrection in our own lives. And I hope we strive to do them proud. Ellis and I have been watching this HBO series. Maybe you've seen it. It's called We're Here. It follows three drag performers who make their way to small towns in rural America. And they mentor young queer folks and put on drag shows. The show is magic, really. You'll learn more about America and have more hope at the end of an hour. It's worth your time. In this week's episode, if you haven't watched it, just jump forward to Selma. My favorite of the performers, Bob the Drag Queen. Yes, that's the name, Bob the Drag Queen. <laughs> Bob finds himself in a learning circle in Selma. A group of women, a group of leaders, some of whom were on the Edmund Pettus Bridge on Bloody Sunday, they tell their stories. They talk about facing down the racism of police with Dr. King. And Bob breaks down in tears as he talks about survivors' remorse. Bob says, I can sit here on this couch because my grandmother's grandmother was enslaved. I don't know how to deal with that. One of the leaders says to him, you are who you are because of them. I need you to take that strength. Another of the women says to him, and I quote, You are the product of some strong-ass people. There's something about when you know who you are and you decide to show up in all your glory and your grace and your greatness, it changes people. And I thought, that's All Saints Day. You are the product of some strong-ass people.
Some of them are in stained glass, sure. Many more haven't been counted. Many more have had their stories silenced or erased. Many have gone uncelebrated. If I went around the room and asked, who are your examples of faith? Who taught you about Jesus? Who told you to go to church? I guarantee the overwhelming response would talk about mothers, about grandmothers, and Sunday school teachers. We ought to take down that wall with the pictures of all the rectors of Holy Communion and put up pictures of Sunday school teachers instead. It'd be more honest. Canonize your own saints. Just a few from Holy Communion. Saint Punchy, patron of parties. Saint Emery, patron of anti-racism and shutting down I-70. Saint Ernie, patron of laughter. Saint Waberta, patron of music. Tell their stories. Declare a feast day to remember them. Most importantly, follow their example. Volunteer, act up, spend time mentoring the next generation. Teach Sunday school. Julie is signing folks up right now. And exercise the freedoms that were hard won by the saints. Your faith isn't just yours. Your faith was passed down to you. Your strength was passed down to you. Never forget that. And no, no, when you come down the aisle of this church, when you sing a song of the saints of God, when you stand around this table, you're not alone. The communion of saints, all the saints is here too. So take off your grave clothes, be free, practice resurrection, and get out there and get about the work of setting others free. That's what Jesus asks of us this All Saints Day. Amen.